It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, guys? Billy Rossetti with you guys here on another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. What's going on, friends? Hope you guys had a good weekend. We are back for another week as we are getting closer and closer. It is now 13 days away, and we are now basically in... Regular season mode, as it were. The Panthers, uh, especially at practice now, the Panthers are pretty much out of training camp mode. They are getting ready now. This this is game time now. This is starting to get ready for the Las Vegas Raiders in just 13 days. So it's uh, it's an exciting time. We're getting close as the Panthers. Uh, you know, we got a couple of roster moves to talk about. Uh, they added a couple players. Over the weekend, they uh, and they just let go of a uh, another former draft pick uh, within the last couple of years on Monday. So we'll actually just jump right into that. So Friday, Panthers added two player, two more players that they had tried out earlier in the week. One of them being a former Baylor player at Matt Rule, and that's cornerback Jamison Houston. As they you know just continue to look for bodies. At that position as well, uh, Houston played for Baylor, uh, or played for Matt Rule at Baylor. Started all 14 games last season as a senior. Was an All Big 12 honorable mention and was a first team academic All Big 12. Uh, Houston initially signed with the Browns as an undrafted free agent, uh, but he was waived by Cleveland on August 10th. And again, after trying out with the Panthers last week, he was added to the roster. On Friday, as was defensive end Austin Larkin, who is on his uh, third NFL team since coming into the league in 2018. Uh, He spent time with the Cowboys and the Falcons. He actually played in two games last year for Atlanta, mostly playing on special teams. 26 snaps on special teams, 10 snaps on defense in those two games. He also played for uh, the San Antonio Commanders in the short-lived Alliance of American Football League, if you remember that league. Uh, He's out of Notre Dame, and of course both players have already passed their COVID-19 testing protocol, so they were added to the roster, and so the Panthers, of course, had to make corresponding roster moves to get back to 80. Devontae Lambert, defensive end, and cornerback Cole Luke were the cuts made to get the Panthers back to 80 players. And then as we just found out earlier on Monday, a former 2018 draft pick has been let go by the Panthers. And that was seventh round pick Andre Smith, who was kind of already on the bubble. We knew this was kind of a, a make or break year for Andre Smith, at least with the Panthers. Uh, I'm sure he'll latch on somewhere. I'm sure he's going to get claimed off waivers. Um, but I guess it just kind of turned into a numbers game with the Panthers with uh, obviously, all the linebackers that they've got in, and um, 
Andre Smith really was just kind of a, a core special teamer, and some of the guys they've brought in throughout the roster can certainly help in that department as well. So Smith kind of got pushed to the edge, as it were, and um, really this is a, a move, I, th- I would say, to just start getting cut or just start working your way down to the 53-man roster that they're going to have because that cut day or, or that uh, that big day actually comes this coming Saturday. By uh, 4 o'clock Saturday is when teams have to be down to 53 players. So there was no, no player added today. It was just a wave of Andre Smith. So that puts the roster right now at 79 players. So, again, this is probably going to be the first of the 27 cuts, as it were, uh, to get down to 53. Uh, We imagine, you figure they're obviously going to add a bunch of players too once they get to, uh, you know, to the weekend and you have all these roster cut downs and I'm sure the team will be scouring the waiver wire. In fact, Joe Person of The Athletic wrote an article today uh, asking some questions, and we'll kind of dig into that too a little bit because there's some interesting thoughts on here. Uh, but one of them did talk about uh, what par- what positions Marty Herney might target uh, on the waiver wire after roster cutdowns, and he mentioned corner is likely going to be uh, probably the top option because uh, we know we saw the reports over the weekend that the Panthers have been hitting up other teams in the league, trying to get some cornerback help. Uh, and he talked about, you know, I talked about the the cornerback group a little bit and just kind of if they're ready for this season. And, you know, we've talked about uh, the, the positive reports and the positive plays so far of guys like Troy Pride Jr., uh, for example. But, you know, the, the fact is, and, Joe mentioned Joe wrote this too, and it's a great point. This is still a very young cornerback group. Obviously, I mean, Dante Jackson's going to be the number one corner, and he's only in year three. Uh, Eli Apple, of course, this is just his fifth year in the league, and already his third team since he came into the league. And then, of course, Troy Pride Jr., a rookie. Uh, Col- Corn Elder is still pretty young, and on his second stint with the Panthers. And then T.J. Green, who was Drafted in 2016, so still some young players, and um, as Joe wrote in the, in this piece too, Dante Jackson probably isn't going to be going against these number one wide receivers like James Bradbury did when he was here. At least, probably won't be able to do it as effectively as Bradbury because obviously it's a, it's a gauntlet. I mean, you've got obviously Michael Thomas, you've got. Julio Jones, and you've got uh, Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, as you're talking about, just within the division. And then, you know, looking at week one, I mean, you're probably looking at, you're obviously looking at the speedster and Henry Ruggs, the rookie. Um, Brian Edwards has been uh, impressive at camp. There's been some more that he, he could be a week one starter for Vegas, so... You've obviously got some tough options there in week one, and then you know you got Tampa in week two uh, right away. So you got again Godwin and Evans. Uh, you've got the Chargers then in week three, so they'll be up against Keenan Allen, and then Arizona week four, so you're up against DeAndre Hopkins. I mean it's a gauntlet, and then Atlanta week five, so Julio Jones. So it's a gauntlet right out of the gate in terms of 
really good wide receivers that this cornerback group is going to be up against. And so, you know, is this group going to be up to up to the challenge? Or is this going to be, you know, do you worry about uh, throwing some of these players to the wolves? You know, it's going to be really interesting how they handle that second cornerback spot. Again, Troy Pride's been playing well, but, you know, when reading the article from Joe, it's it's another good point. Uh, perhaps Pride would, would benefit more from simply being able to sit a little bit more behind probably Eli Apple or maybe Corn Elder or TJ Green while he kind of continues to develop instead of throwing him to the fire against all these really good wide receivers and you know depending on how Phil Snow wants to match these guys up against these opposing offenses so you know there's there's still some question marks um you know it's going to be it's a tough challenge it's, it's a tough spot for the Panthers but I mean, I, I, w- I would support whichever way they go with Troy Pride. I think, you know, obviously you learn by being out there on the field, but you, don't, you also don't want to throw him out there too quickly that he kind of loses his confidence and loses whatever development that he's had over these last couple of weeks that you, you almost ruin him. So it wouldn't be the worst of ideas to have Troy Pride start on the bench and probably have, uh, again, either Eli Apple or TJ Green, whoever, whatever the case may be, have them start outside of uh, or opposite Dante Jackson. So a lot of question marks there. And again, it would not be surprising if corner is a position they go after at roster cutdowns. Uh, Joe also mentioned linebacker and maybe even wide receiver could be some options there as well. Maybe go after a veteran linebacker for some depth and just go after a couple reserve wide receivers just because of all the injuries that the Panthers have had at that position over the last couple of weeks. So really going to be interesting to see what the Panthers do here uh, as we get to the roster cutdown and then the waiver wire stuff uh, on Saturday and Sunday. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So those are just some kind of early roster thoughts. Um, you know, we definitely got to get into a roster projection at some point, but I'll touch on some of the other questions that Joe wrote in his lunchtime article today and kind of give my thoughts, you know, some good stuff as always from Joe. But before we get into that, of course, got to give a shout out to our friends over at rockauto.com, the family business that has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether you're a classic or a daily driver, you can get everything you need in just a few easy clicks and delivered right to your door. Rockauto.com, their catalog is 
very easy to navigate and you could easily see all the parts available for your vehicle and just choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer and best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers so why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you can just go to rockauto.com and if you do go to rockauto.com just make sure to write the words locked on in their in their how did you hear about us section so that they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com there was one other roster note quick that i want to mention before we get into and that's that the Panthers actually placed their first player on the COVID reserve list over the weekend, and that was a player that they had just waived injured the other day, and that was cornerback Derek Thomas. Uh, waived injured uh, late last week, obviously cleared waivers, so was placed on the team's injured reserve list, but um, actually was just reverted to their COVID-19 list. Uh, but you know the fact that it took until August thirty or August thirtieth uh, for the Panthers to have their first player on the list is certainly uh, a good sign. You know the showed how well the the team and the players have been doing and uh, staying safe and keeping themselves healthy. And again, you know, just as a reminder, because we obviously haven't had to talk about this, uh, the COVID nineteen reserve list doesn't necessarily mean that the player was or contracted. Uh, the coronavirus it just means that, uh, you know, it's for players that either got the coronavirus or were in close contact with someone else that had the coronavirus. So, but, you know, hopefully Derek Thomas is doing well and he gets back soon. Uh, but again, he was already placed on injured reserve. So probably not going to see him this season anyway. But just a, just a quick note there. Uh, first pl- First player for the COVID reserve list for the Panthers. So I want to get now into, I want to talk about this article that I found from Joe Person at The Athletic. Uh, Just a couple of pressing questions, as of course the Panthers are now just 13 days away from the season opener against the Las Vegas Raiders. And of course, as we said earlier, it is cut down week for the NFL. Rosters are cut to 53 players on Saturday, and of course, you also had the canceled scrimmage that the Panthers were supposed to have on Saturday. So, um, you know, pretty hectic weekend. But the Panthers, uh, Joe, or, uh, Joe Person, looked at the Panthers right now, as, as he even mentioned too, as the Panthers shift this week from training camp mode into their preparation of the Raiders. They, here's us. He did seven questions, uh, still facing the team as they get ready for. Matt or uh, for the season opener and Matt Rule's debut uh, on September 13th. So we'll kind of run through these, uh, see what he says, and just kind of uh, run some thoughts there. Uh, so the top question certainly you know makes sense. Who is going to be the backup quarterback? And it's something we've talked about now for a few days. Obviously, it's been a back and forth battle. Uh, Joe Person actually gives Will Greer right now the slight edge. Uh, with the way he's been throwing the ball lately, particularly on deep balls. Uh, and we've kind of heard those reports uh, as the weeks went on that Matt, uh, that Will Greer has been kind of closing the gap a little bit 
on P.J. Walker. We know Walker kind of entered training camp as the favorite for the number two, but you know it sounds like Will Greer has perhaps maybe passed him. I mean, either way, you know it's likely that uh, it's it's more than likely that both of these players are going to be on the roster. I mean, with you know a new quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater and um, you know obviously the COVID protocols and the you know things going on in the league with that it makes all the sense in the world for a team like the Panthers here to keep three quarterbacks. So it's, so that's likely what's going to happen. It's just going to be a matter of how are you going to order them? But it seems right now that Will Greer might be the number two and PJ Walker as the number three. Then he talked about is Joe Brady ready to call plays in the NFL? Of course, being just 30 years old as a, uh, a, and this is his first time now calling plays full time. Again, he wasn't the uh, he he only handled the passing game last year at LSU, but um, you know, obviously, it was a, it was a hell of a passing game as we know. I mean, 60, 60 plus touchdowns and six thousand yards for Joe Burrow in what was, as we've said many times, arguably the greatest college season ever. And now he's going to get a shot to call plays. And a lot of players have been saying he's ready for it. Um, there's even a note here talking about how uh, wide receiver Robbie Anderson called Brady's system creative and smart. And Will Greer said that Brady is wise beyond his years. As Will Greer said, quote, he's a young guy, but he's very football mature. He's really smart. Since we've been together here, he's done a good job of figuring out what we're good at and trying to implement. And it's not just... I'm calling this play and you've got to make this work. It's communicated by what we're good at and try to implement those things, unquote. You know, and throughout the league, obviously, a lot of us are really intrigued by what Joe Brady now is going to bring to the table uh, in in his first year as an NFL offensive coordinator. So I'm excited to see what he does here in week one. And then, um... We kind of already touched on this. Is the secondary ready for what's ahead in the NFL? So again, we we kind of already talked about that. How it's a young group, and you're uh, you want to be careful about throwing some of these guys to the wolves. So you know you're probably it's probably still going to end up being Eli Apple just because he has the veteranship, and again, you might not want to let Corn or uh, Troy Pride kind of get thrown to the wolves there. So. You know, we'll see, but you know, as we talked about, and again, not just in the NFC South, but we just went through the first five games of the season and how the Panthers have uh, a pretty good gauntlet of of opposing wide receivers that they're going to have to go up against. So it's certainly going to be tough sledding for the Panthers early on and, again, certainly within the division. So it's, uh, it's going to be a big challenge for the secondary. So that'll be that'll really be something to watch here. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Touched on this a little bit on Friday, actually, and that's Kair Vedvik and kind of his chances of making the 53-man roster. Um, But the way Joe Person wrote it here, it sounds like the practice squad might be the landing spot for Vedvik because the Panthers seem committed to having Joey Sly as the kicker and like the upside of Joe Charlton. But if they could get Vedvik on the practice squad, that certainly would help because... You know, he'll still be able to practice with the team. It'll, um, you know, still kind of have that competition a little bit. And uh, even Matt Rule said um, the team would not keep three kickers on the active roster. He said, quote, right now the biggest thing for me is having some competition and being able to do both. He also said it gives us the ability to punt and kick on alternate days as well. So, you know, I said maybe there was the possibility that, Vedvik would be the only guy, but um, after hearing from, you know, hearing this stuff, uh, and I guess it makes sense, you know, the Panthers did like Joey. Obviously, it's a new uh, coaching staff, but, I mean, Joey Sly still had a a pretty decent regular season last year, and then, um, you know, again, they brought in Joe Charlton, so it's probably going to end up being those two, but um, with the expanded practice squad, it certainly would not be a bad idea to keep Vedvik on there since now you'll have 16 players in the practice squad rather than, well, actually it was supposed to be 12 this year, uh, but it was bumped up to 16. We talked about uh, Marty Herney on the waiver wire. Then he, then he talked about, are the Panthers well-equipped in terms of COVID-19 protocol? And like, like we talked about, the Panthers, uh, Sunday was the first time that they placed a player on the COVID-19 reserve list, and that was Derek Thomas, who, again, was placed on the Panthers' IR list after clearing waivers. And Joe talked about some of the stuff that the team had been doing to, you know, have those protocols in place and keep everybody safe, including uh, every player having their own suite when they have Zoom meetings. Uh, But then he talked about how, you know, with camp coming to an end, it could be a, a little more, especially in talking to Trey Boston, how the younger players might have, um, we'll say, more of an itch, I guess we'll say, because uh, he talked about how they might have more time to go out and sample Charlotte's nightlife. So it's just a matter of, you know, the coaches and veterans hoping that these younger players just kind of be responsible in terms of what they do after practice. But again, you know, like I said earlier, the fact that it took them till August 30th to place a player on the COVID-19 reserve list is a uh, a pretty good run for, for this team. And then the last question he mentioned is certainly a question we've been talking about for weeks now and one that's affecting every team and, of course, affecting the fans. And that is, will there be fans in the stadium this season? Joe wrote, the Panthers have prepared for any scenario and they still hope North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper will ease restrictions on large gatherings or grant the team an exception that would allow them to have ten to 15,000 fans at their 75,000 seats venue. But clearly this clock is ticking. The Panthers have practiced in the stadium twice already and are expected to do so again this week. 
Rule wants his players to get used to the ambient noise teams, or the ambient noise teams will pipe in, as well as the other oddities of playing in front of small or no crowds. Rule said, quote, I think the team that creates the most energy will have the most success. I think being under the lights and practicing, even catching the punts in an empty stadium with the backdrop, I think all that's really important. I don't want to ruin the grass, Rule added, but I do want to get out there, unquote. So that's that's the big question. Will there be fans at Bank of America Stadium? You know, again, the the signs have kind of been pointing to, you know, the team. And, and obviously every team wants to have fans. I mean, no team doesn't want to have any fans. Let's put that out there right now. But obviously for some of these teams, they don't have a choice. A number of teams have already said they're not going to have teams for the first couple games. Washington, I think, has already thrown it out for the entire season, if I remember correctly. Um, but for the most part, a lot of these a lot of these games are going to be played without fans uh, for the first, say, month of the season. Like, for example, the Panthers uh, will be, of course, at Los Angeles week three against the Chargers, more than likely, because we... The Rams opener against the Cowboys will not have fans because I, I think L.A. as as a city, I know the Rams came out and said there won't be fans for uh, the foreseeable future. And obviously, if the Rams aren't going to have fans, the Chargers aren't going to have fans because those teams are, are of course, now sharing SoFi Stadium. So uh, it's all but assured now that the Week 3 game now against the, the Chargers uh, will be played in an empty crowd. We'll see about the the first two games, you know, being in home week one, and then of course going to Tampa in week two. So we'll t- we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. I mean, you know, the Dolphins have said they're going to have fans at their at one of their first games. They're going to have about I think thirteen thousand fans. So you know, maybe that's a good sign down in Florida, but you know, it, it remains to be seen. So we'll see. We'll see, I guess, how long it takes and how many fans the uh, the Panthers are able to have at Bank of America Stadium. So a lot of questions to go through, and again, it's just hard to believe that uh, it's it's almost here. You know, again, this is a, if this was a normal season, we would have been sitting here talking about the Panthers' preseason game yesterday against the Ravens. That was supposed to be their... Sunday night appearance during the preseason. We were supposed to be getting ready for their final preseason game this week against the Steelers, uh, but obviously that's not going to happen. But we are prepping now for the roster cut down on Saturday, and then again 13 days away from the big game, the season opener against the Raiders. So I'm excited to start digging into into the Raiders and uh, seeing what's going on over there, and then uh, I'm sure we'll be doing the crossovers again starting back up next week, so I'm excited to talk to our boy Q, get some, uh, get the word on the streets from the from the Raiders, see how they're looking. So really excited. I hope you guys are as well. I mean, I'm sure you are. We've all been just dying to see some football. I caught a little bit of the Central Arkansas Austin P game the other night. You know, it, it was just nice to finally have some live football again. It was a it was a great feeling. And so, um, you know, it's nice to start to be back to kind of a, a normal sense uh, in the in the sports world. Obviously, not 100% normal, uh, but we're getting there. So, so with that, I think that's a that's a good spot to wrap it up. Uh, as always, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Really appreciate you making making me a part of your day. 
and tuning in and having some fun with me. I hope you guys have a great rest of your Monday. And I will see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.